Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Monday, June 20th. It is the first official day of summer, and we're kicking things off today by talking Reds baseball with Reds reporter Mark Sheldon. And Mark, just back from a well-deserved two-week vacation and uh, ready to get back into the swing of things. And, uh, Mark, first thing I want to ask is that, obviously, baseball is king in our universe. That never changes, but we do not live in a sports bubble. So I want to ask, being there on the scene in Cincinnati, there's no love lost between the cities of Cincinnati and Cleveland, but we all know what the Cleveland Cavaliers did last night, that incredible comeback to win the NBA title over Golden State. Is there any sort of happiness in Cincy for what the Cavaliers did, or is there still animosity and we really don't care what Cleveland did because they're Cleveland, gosh darn it? I don't know if there's uh, animosity, but there's probably a, a shred of ambivalence. This is not an NBA city. It really has not taken hold. I mean, the Cincinnati Royals, of course, were here and when Oscar Robertson and some, some teams, uh, they, of course, now are the Sacramento Kings. But uh, I think there's enough people that are from the Cleveland area that live here, though, that are certainly appreciative of the fact that a long drought is over and, and Cleveland's uh, status as a forlorn sports city is kind of over. And there's actually a Reds connection in some ways because now that if you only count the four major sports uh, leagues, Cincinnati is apparently the one with the longest drought since 1990. Uh, neither the Reds nor the Bengals have won anything uh, title-wise. So the Reds are going on, I think, 26 years now with, without, a, uh, without a World Series. The Bengals have never won a Super Bowl. So the Reds could be Ohio's uh, new uh, struggling for championship city. And now that Cleveland's uh, finally won one. And that, that's amazing because when you say 1990, I think to myself, oh, that was not that long ago. But then you do the math and, oh, my God, that's a quarter century. <laughs> yeah, is that yeah, going to surprise you yeah. too? It's crazy. And, I mean, obviously the Padres and, you know, you look at other cities like Buffalo. They, you, know, you count AFL titles, that makes it a little different. But San Diego's never won anything. Buffalo's never won anything. But as far as uh, distance between titles, it's been a long for Cincinnati and uh, certainly after the Bengals in, uh, imploded last year, they have to wait a little longer. And right now the Reds are rebuilding, so there's no imminent World Series for them. So uh, Cincinnati's going to have to just suffer for a little longer. Yeah, and then, like I said, that that's amazing that now, you know, Cincinnati has that scarlet letter on them. Cleveland is, you know, they're off that island. They got their first title since 1964. So congratulations uh, to the Cavaliers. And, Mark, you gave us a great segue in that you said, you know, the Bengals, uh, they came up short last year. The Reds, though, 
clearly a rebuilding team. It could be a while before they were a serious contender to get back to the Fall Classic and win the Fall Classic. And to that end, you had an article recently on uh, Reds.com about some of the guys and some of the pieces for this Reds team that, you know, they've battled uh, injuries and setbacks and inconsistencies uh, pretty much all season long. But now it seems like finally they're getting some traction with some of the younger guys who are turning the corner, whether in terms of production or health or both, and that they're getting back into the fold with this big league team and things are starting to finally come together and there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. Kind of give us a breakdown on some of these guys and what we should expect from the Reds uh, moving towards the second half of the 2016 season. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that Brian Price uh, has been lamenting for the last, oh, is you know, it's, obviously this is a rebuilding era, but he's like, I, none of the pieces I'm supposed to be helping with rebuilding are here. Uh, you take guys like uh, Rysel Iglesias and Michael Lorenzen, they're injured. Anthony DiSclefani was injured. Cody Reed and Robert Stevenson are still developing in the minor leagues, so there was really a, a lot of people were just missing. Jose Peraza was developing in the minor leagues. Now uh, Reed was called up. He had a nice debut with nine strikeouts over seven innings. Jose Peraza looks like he's up for at least a little while, maybe to stay. Um, you know, Iglesias is at double-A uh, Pensacola in a rehab assignment, so his should be not too far away. And then Lorenzen is doing well in Louisville so uh, on a rehab assignment. So they're, they're starting to see some of these guys show up, and, 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 and Price seems like he's pretty happy about that. And this is an opportunity now to see what the team can kind of do. They, they've actually – they're 10-8 and eight this month, which is their so far their first uh, winning month. They started the season out 17-35. and 35. Um you know, for at least a month or so, we might be able to see what well, these guys can do. Uh, Adam, du- you know, the guys that are already here, like Adam Duvall is doing really well, and Billy Hamilton starting to hit, and some of the veterans are starting to do well. And at least until the trade deadline when they might move out uh, Jay Bruce or Zach Cozart, we have a we have a, maybe a little sense of what the future Reds could look like. Yeah, like you said, they, they've definitely had a, a more productive month than uh, certainly April or May. Uh, that said, though, uh, I go back to that loss, uh, the walk-off loss against the Braves uh, in Atlanta. It was the third game of a four-game series. They had an 8-6 lead in the 13th. Alfredo Simon uh, could not hold it. The Braves walk off and win it in 13-9-8. So if the Reds had won that game, Mark, uh, you're looking at five wins in six games. Instead, it's now four losses in five games, uh, including that walk-off loss. Did that loss kind of take the wind out of their sails uh, even a little bit here over these past four or five days? Well, I'm sure it didn't help having all those extra inning games. I, I, I don't know. I wasn't with the clubhouse. As you know, I've been on vacation. So, um, But, you know, none of those late losses really do much for anybody's morale. But at the same time, they're learning. This is how they have to learn to win these tight games, these close games, the extra inning games. Uh, so it's, it's just part of the – part of the program they're going to have to go through some heartaches to get to, to get to where they want to go and they also have to learn as a bullpen to, to lock down some games I know the bullpen pitched pretty well I think in that game until Simon came in and, and did not do well uh but with maybe with got with the additions of uh Lorenzen and, and Iglesias soon to the bullpen they might be more of a strength than a weakness yeah absolutely and, and in that game that you referenced uh, I think they had six scoreless innings uh before Simon kind of uh, blew up there on the 13th, and Simon did have the last of those six scoreless innings. He was asked to go out there for a second inning. Couldn't get the job done, so a tough loss for the Reds. But, Mark, I want to backtrack a little bit and talk about uh, Cody Reed, as you brought up. What a debut for him. Uh, Seven innings and four runs against a very formidable uh, Astros lineup uh, in Houston. Struck out the nine batters. And I'm curious, you know, if this is a – a thing that we see if it's just a, a coincidence or if it's by design, but we see a lot of young pitchers, not just with the Reds, but 
Same with the Pirates recently. Uh, Jameson Tyone getting called up his first big league start uh, against the Mets in New York. Is this by design, at least from the Reds' perspective, where they want to give a young guy an opportunity to pitch in the big leagues but not at home where they feel like it would be a little bit too much pressure to be in front of a home crowd and the home fans or the home expectations. Is this by, again, is it by design or is it purely coincidental that when they called him up, it just happened to be when the team was in Houston on the road taking on the Astros? I think it was coincidental just because of the fact that it's a long road trip, the 10-day road trip uh, that kicked uh, Simon out of the rotation. Uh, John Moscott obviously isn't back. You know, he got demoted. And Daniel Wright had to pitch, I think, in relief or he got a start and, they decided to send him out. So they really did have an opening, and it's worked out that way. If you may remember, in April, Robert Stevenson made his home his debut at home, uh, and he pitched actually his first two games as a home as a home pitcher. So I, I just think it's just how the how the cards uh, fell. But uh, certainly, uh, Reed is one of the big building blocks, and they, you know, he's not going to be just a spot starter, kind of like what Stevenson is. I think I think they feel like he's done all he can do in the short amount of time he was in AAA. Yeah, he got some experience at Double A last year. And he's just pitched very well, and they always said once he showed that he could pitch better than the competition, that they would probably promote him. And of course, having a Super Two status be kind of resolved helps as well. They don't have to start, you know, they didn't start the clock on him too soon. They were not going to be on the hook for uh, free agency or for arbitration sooner than they want. So this all kind of came together for them. And Mark, when you go back into your own personal memory bank, when you look at uh, you know the hype surrounding Cody Reed and how well he performed under the pressure, under these expectations. Can you make a parallel between him and any other uh, young pitcher, at least in recent memory, in terms of the hype and the buildup and what we were expecting from this guy for his first big league start? Uh, The Reds have actually been somewhat fortunate in the last few years after having just a wilderness of nothing for pitching for the first half of the decade of the 2000s. You know, you kind of saw the guys like, Homer Bailey back in 2007, a young Homer Bailey, or in 2008, a young Johnny Cueto, and Edinson Volquez kind of came on the scene. And, and even though Volquez was kind of a, was a, an acquired in a trade, he was still a young pitcher. And I think there was a lot of hype surrounding both of those guys, uh, especially Cueto when he came up. And, and Homer Bailey being a first-round pick, there was a lot of scrutiny on him before he, you know, he kind of took hold. So I, I just think there's always been a, a lot of more uh, – excitement about these kind of pitchers. Uh, Mike Leake's another one that comes to mind, being that he was a first-round pick and debuted in the major leagues without pitching in the minors. So there's been a few guys that have come through the, through the system, and it's kind of a testament that the Reds have turned the corner a little bit with pitching. They have a long ways to go. They, they have a lot of prospects they're still excited about. Uh, besides, you know, Reed and Stevenson, Amir Garrett, this guy promoted the AAA, and Rookie Davis is in AA. So they have a nice wave of young guys coming along. Yeah, they sure do, and I think Cody Reed is, uh, at least right now, the cream of that crop and a, a terrific big league debut. We'll see what he does in a start number two. Mark, to wrap up here, uh, off day today on Monday, but the Reds continue this rather odd stretch of uh, interleague games against teams from the AL West. They got a pair of games uh, in Texas against a red-hot Rangers team. The timing could not be worse for the Reds right now to play that team. That starts a uh, seven-game – or rather, after that, they start a seven-game homestand. Uh, give us one or two storylines that you're kind of keeping tabs on through this next week. Well, certainly got to uh, they got to play better, and and, and uh, after not winning in uh, Houston on Sunday, they want to go into Texas and have a nice showing for the two games. And then when you look ahead to this weekend, Cincinnati is going to be overcome with uh, Pete Rose discussions again. It's 
his weekend. He's going to be inducted into the Res Hall of Fame after getting uh, a, a waiver from MLB. From the, the team saw it and asked for it. They're going to retire his number. They're going to put him in the Reds Hall of Fame, and it's going to be kind of the, the one bit of acknowledgement of his career that he's allowed to have since he's no longer uh, eligible for the Hall of Fame and he's in exile from baseball. This is an opportunity for Cincinnati fans to celebrate Rose, uh, for better or for worse, and I'm sure it'll be an interesting three days. I'm curious to see what he has to say. He was very humorous and dropped a lot of one-liners when it was announced back in January, and he was pretty – almost like he was running a Dean Martin roast. And now we'll see what he does with three days of uh, all Pete Rose all the time. Yeah, and I'm sure we're going to get one or two more interesting sound bites regarding Ichiro uh, when the microphones are in front of his face uh, this weekend in Cincinnati. It'll be interesting and a lot to discuss next week uh, regarding Pete Rose and uh, the fortunes of the Reds. uh, That is for sure. Mark Sheldon, we appreciate the time as always. Welcome back and uh, (laughs) glad the vacation went well. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymar signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.